I just remember that like, oh man, I just feel so free to just be this new me that I've kind of, I was getting into spirituality and all this stuff and you're kind of working on yourself and growing, but around your old, your parents and your old friends, that old person that you're trying to like kind of shed the skin from was still, is still quite there and it took actually the solo travel and being immersed with strangers and stuff to really help, oh yeah, there, there is a, a me that wants to grow and develop, that I, I need this space to actually work on that. Hello and welcome back to the Trippin podcast where we host conversations around culture, creativity and travel across the world. In this week's episode, we touched down in London to tune into a panel talk we hosted around solo travel in partnership with On Running. Surprisingly, 84% of solo travelers are women and 86% are over 35, showing that solo travel is a field that young people have yet to properly explore. So what's stopping us? Throughout the episode, our host and Trippin co-founder Kay Sang are joined by Trippin family Pete Asante and Tim Sheaf to bring us their wild solo travel stories, talk about how their identities have impacted their trips and what advice they wish they'd known beforehand. Join us as we break down the nuances of solo travel to peel away the layers and hopefully encourage you to channel that point to mindset and make your next holiday a solo one. My name is Yasmin and this is the Trippin Podcast. Hey everyone, thank you for coming down to Trippin's Takeover and discussion at the Point Two pre-marathon experience. I'm Kay Sang, one of Trippin's co-founders. We're an independent travel platform and publication based in London, looking to connect travel, culture and creativity in a culturally, socially and environmentally conscious way. During this talk, we're looking to understand how the Point Two mindset can be channeled into the world of travel. The Point Two mindset, for those who are new to the concept, is a reference to the final 0.2 miles or kilometers of a marathon. During these final moments, a runner needs to channel all their determination and self-motivation to ensure that they make it to the finish line. It's a mindset of mental and physical resilience, independence, and dedication. And at Trippin, we think the form of travel that best embodies this Point Two mindset is solo travel, which can arguably be one of the most difficult and challenging forms. Solo travel can almost feel like an unnatural process for many. Traditionally, as humans, we've always moved around in groups for safety and for company. So solo travel can be, feel like we're going against the evolutionary grain. It represents a level of risk-taking that a lot of us are unaccustomed to, especially when you live in a large city like London. Although many of us might travel alone for work, holidays alone are not opportunities we immediately jump at. So I'm really excited to introduce Tim Sheaf and P, um, who are an incredible solo travellers. P um, is a freelance creative, founder of Swim Dem Crew, an inner city swimming crew, and Trap Fruits London, a community greengrocers from fruit delivery company. And he's recently just begun his solo travel journey. And Tim Sheaf is a world champion free runner, YouTuber, and founder of Way of Rope, a company offering rope rolling courses and equipment, and a very seasoned solo traveller. Welcome, guys. How are you guys doing? Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me, thanks. So I thought we'd kick it off by really just talking about your first, like, solo travel experience. And P, maybe you can start, because I feel like you just recently came back from your first solo trip. Yeah, um, I recently went to the Azores, which is like an archipelago of, like, nine islands on the uh, North Atlantic. Um, the kind of land belongs to um, Portugal. So, yeah, that was my first solo travel you know I, I'd done something before quite similar where I'd done like a Nordic Scandi kind of excursion where I did uh, Stockholm training to Malmo Copenhagen then flew to Reykjavik but then I knew everyone in every single city so that wasn't really solo you know what I mean this one was real solo I don't know nobody 
I don't even know where I'm going, like, until obviously I just I'd done a bit of research and that was it, yeah. What made you choose that destination? Yeah, the honest answer was it was just on the green list. I'd never even heard of it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my friend Joe, who's in the crowd there, um, he was at my flat and uh, I was like, Joe, uh, I've seen this place, what do you think? And he's like, you gotta go, mate, you gotta go, you gotta go. And that was it. Uh, that, that was on a Monday. Wednesday, I took my fit to fly. Saturday, I was on the plane. Wow, that was a quick turnaround. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what was your point to moment? Was there like a challenging part where you had to like really push through and I guess like kind of fight your fears, face them? Yeah, I think in the lead up to it, I was, a, I was apprehensive uh, traveling on my own mm-hmm. because like I said, I'd never really done it before, you know? I do live alone, so I'm used to kind of being in my own company and on my own, but I'd never really travelled on my own, so I was apprehensive. Again, you know, man like Joe, you know what I mean? I was like, Joe, like, he's like, mate, don't worry. You get over the first hurdle, you'll be fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think definitely that. And I, yeah, I just had to have a, a word with myself and say, come on, P, do you know what I mean? And then get over it. And then I think when I was there, probably like I climbed a mountain and I think, you know, we'll probably get into that a bit later, but I had to push myself through that, really. Yeah, yeah. a bit of mental and physical. Mental like, and physical, yeah, yeah. I love that, Tim. What about you? Like, you travelled so many places on your own, but are there a couple of trips or one in particular that kind of spring to mind? Uh, yeah, I was kind of blessed with my career as a, as a freerunner at the time when it was starting to blow up. Uh, I was doing commercial work and travelling often with my team, but also I get hired for individual jobs as well, so I was kind of traveling on my own but I didn't have a choice I was getting paid to do it who's not going to do that right and that kind of that helped me break the seal of being more comfortable so I was blessed in that sense but then I remember the first trip I actually took that was off my own back I went to Thailand uh, to Chiang Mai which is kind of an inland landlocked city within uh, Thailand most people go to the islands for the, the parties and stuff like that but I was fairly new to kind of I was a vegan at the time and it was kind of a mecca, like an Asian mecca for vegans. This, it was known as uh, like a cool city where people would go to and there's just so many different vegan restaurants and yoga studios. Is that why you chose it? Yeah, I just, I just knew there was... I just heard, you know, from YouTube and stuff, you get into these communities and I'd seen other... I was getting into kind of raw veganism and, you know, really that kind of natural way. And I just saw these communities and people there and I went out there just on a whim and it was just get there and yeah you just try and plug I just was able to plug straight into a community go to a vegan restaurant and start chatting to a few people and it, and it just took off but I just remember feeling really relaxed in that moment and I'm sure we'll get into it in a bit but when we're around everyone that we know all the time day to day we end up being a character that they've always known sometimes and falling into that place and I just remember it's the first time I felt like a weight lifted and I actually started to feel myself in a sense come through like just chatting to people that just met but that I knew I had a, a, a kind of in the same community as them had a connection with them and I just remember that like oh man I just feel so free to just be this new me that I've kind of I was getting into spirituality and all this stuff and you're kind of working on yourself and growing but around your old your parents and your old friends that old person that you're trying to like kind of shed the skin from was still is still quite there and it took actually the solo travel and being immersed with strangers and stuff to really help. Oh yeah, there there is a, a me that wants to grow and develop. That I, I need this space to actually work on that. No, I fully get that. It's almost like cutting the strings off and allowing you to step in and be present as well with yourself. Yeah. What was that like point two moment? Did you have like a challenging part where you were just like, oh god, I've got to do this now. <laughs> in that trip, I didn't, to be honest. But there's there's subsequent ones since where I'm booking it and I'm just not not as sure. That one I felt pretty confident mm. in the time. And I've been less confident, you know, I'm not, I don't know there's a community where I'm going or whatever. And you're booking 
the flight first of all then you're looking at booking especially America man that's scary to book a yeah. solo trip to America and you're booking like on Hertz rental car or whatever and you're looking at all the different you just don't want to get ripped off and you just don't <laughs> you just don't know it's a complete minefield that stuff and you're just hoping that it's right you hope the hotel's okay reading reviews and stuff and that's essentially I went to San Diego a few years ago solo and that was yeah booking the flight the accommodation and the car and every one of them is just like a bit intimidating you're like do I really want to go though like you really ask yourself that and I just remembered every time in the past I've had that same question and every time I've been rewarded like every trip just there was always a moment in every trip when I was like I'm so glad I did this Mm -hmm. and and every time now before I'm booking I just know that I've felt that and I just ignore that and, and push through it I love that. Was there anything that really surprised you about each of these trips, guys? Like, the, when you came back, you were just like, okay, wow, that was a surprise or a, me- or a memorable moment. Um, I think for me, what surprised me most was just how much I just enjoyed being on my own. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm definitely going to do it again. Uh, for me, I'm just like, yeah, I'm comfy on my ones, you know? We were all going to go for my dad's birthday to Jamaica. And then the day before... We're supposed to fly. The Jamaican government announced a no movement lockdown. Oh my goodness! Yeah, so obviously that trip. In the yeah, I was travel. mentally there. I was mentally. The suitcase was packed. The suitcase is still packed. I haven't unpacked that suitcase because I'm like, nah, I'm not touching <laughs> nothing in there. Fresh shirts, everything. I'm, I'm not touching nothing. I don't know. I've just been going hard for two years, working hard, 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 not stopped. You know, and I thought if I don't take this break now. I'm just going to go into carry on working, just working, 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 work myself into the ground. You know what I'm saying? Because I think when you freelance and work for yourself, sometimes you just keep going. You just don't know when Mm. to stop. Or uh, me anyway. And I I definitely, I feel that. I think I just needed to get away. So that was it really. And you've got to listen to yourself as well. You've got to listen, you've got to listen. When that voice comes in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was the best thing I could have done. What about you, Tim? In Chiang Mai, I met a guy there. I messaged him, met up with him, did a climb together. Fast forward about three years' time, um, I was had a, a like an ethical clothing line at the time. My business partner wanted to step out. That guy I'd met there in Thailand that one time that I really connected with, and we'd had a connection since then. Although he lived in uh, America and Vegas at the time, we chatted online a lot and wanted to work together. He ended up being—he's quite an entrepreneurial. He ended up coming in uh, and buying my previous partner out of her shares and, and, and putting some money into the business and helping take the business to the next level. No and that way. was just from that one meeting and I saw in his profile picture that he had, a, if he didn't have his emboldering on the, in his picture, I might not have Ever even met. reached out to him that way. Yeah, and it was like, oh, just those little intuitive things. Moments. Up- I feel like that's one of the most important things to always remember is like almost like leaving the possibility open. Because I think when you plan sometimes too much, especially on solo trips, you kind of cut off that spontaneity and like... The, I guess people coming into your life for a reason. What was the inspiration though, going back to the, the, that second question for behind some of your solo trips, Tim? Why do you travel solo? Once you do it, the, it answers itself. I think, I'd, like I said, when I was traveling um, with friends professionally and then I'd travel on my own and I'd be like, this is kind of nice, like getting to the airport on your own at your own time. You don't have to wait for anyone. Not, you know, that stuff's all that's good. That's it, that's that it. You've hit the nail well. on the head. Yeah. You don't have to answer to nobody. To no you know, like, yeah. Oh, what are we going to eat? No, listen, you can just do what you're doing and that's it. Yeah. So thank you for saying that. Yeah. No, it is, it's a wicked feeling. And then the thing is, when you do that, on the flip side, when you do travel with people again, you appreciate the company again and you're a bit more patient with it and all that. But, but it is in those moments when you're on your own at the airport, on the plane, you're in your own space. It's like on a computer when there's loads of tabs open or there's things running in the background. If you're with someone 
you've got a tab that's, you know, what are they doing? What, how do they feel? What do they really want to do? Are they just agreeing they want to go there, but they don't, you know, all that stuff that, you know, being polite about. If that's not there, boom, all that energy is on you and, and your experience. And, and it's, yeah, it's very powerful. I feel like that's a nice segue into the, one of the next questions I was going to ask you guys. So for some people, the most terrifying thing about solo travel can be like solitude, especially like when you're like living in a big city like London. I feel like there's always like a band-aid or a distraction that stops you from being on your own or present with your mind and your thoughts. And it can be quite like a terrifying experience to be totally self-reliant on that. Um, so I wondered for you guys, did you ever experience something similar on your first solo trip, having to face solitude and yourself? Yeah, I think there was there was definitely moments where I was just on my own and in my own head a bit too much, you know. But what I did is um, to kind of alleviate that, I journaled. Love that. Yeah, it's yeah, great. yeah. That is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I just did that every day, and um, that was kind of my way of getting over it, you know, being being in my head too much. Um, but yeah, you know, naturally it's going to happen. You're going to be in your in in uh, in your own head, you know. It's just it's kind of normal, but yeah, yeah. I think those are my coping mechanisms anyway, just kind of journaling and and. Yeah, just keeping myself busy, I think, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I feel like for me, like when I've been alone, like it was so scary at the beginning, but then I started to become my own best friend again. Yeah, <laughs> Literally yeah, enjoying yeah, my own company. Exactly it. It's the journey to being your own best friend <laughs> yeah. again. Like we all did when we were children. Like we exactly. didn't care what other kids thought. And then... No, I love that. So for a lot of people, solo travel marks a level of like kind of high self-development in, in a kind of way. Was there like ever like a catalyst to grow if it could be like mental, emotional or physical for you guys? Yeah, I think spending time on, by yourself is a huge catalyst for growth i think introspection itself if it forces you to be more introspective meditation is great but that's almost getting you out of your mind and trying to remove all thought we need introspection as well you need the flip side to just evaluate the day like why did i react like that in that situation and solo travel allows you like a lot of time for that stuff especially in you know you're in third world countries traveling on buses and you just sat at the back of the coach or whatever mm -hmm. at airports where you've got nothing to do but wait for the plane or it's been delayed and then that's just a forced either meditation or introspection you've got to do one or the other or you can be frustrated and just get in a huff about it but it's basically law of attraction people talk about law of attraction like spiritual oh, we all know someone who their flight always gets delayed and then you you might be that person and someone else never gets delayed and it's that's their law of attraction and that's not theirs and that's because uh, we can get deep into like you got to be humble to your emotions and stuff like that but it's just you put yourself out in the line of fire of the universe mm -hmm. to help you both experience the joy that's in you coming at you and the negative stuff that you need to deal with I love that and that's like kind of emotional and mental growth and we were talking earlier about like actually the solitude and just being solo on your own almost sometimes there's like two sides of the spectrum where you can achieve like amazing kind of meditation for your solitude but it's also like one of the harshest like sent prison sentences that you can also have. Yeah definitely because I think when you just even touch on that when you think about somebody that's in prison already in prison yeah incarcerated their form of deeper punishment is to give them Solitude confinement, just on their own, four walls. Which is mad. Which is mad. So they see that as a form of punishment. Imagine that. If, imagine if punishment is for you to be on your own. So just being on your own, that just shows you that it's, it's a tough place to be on your own, to face your own demons, face your own thoughts. It's not an easy place to be in, but I think we've all got to do it. Just as Tim said, you know, you've got to just take the bad with the, the rough with the smooth. You know what I mean? The ups and the downs. It's not, it's not all roses, but... I think, you know, you fight it and come out the other end, you'll be much better for it. Yeah, and I feel like it's almost addictive. It must be once you've gone through that growth and that journey and you can yeah, see 100%. you've done it. 
yeah. I mean, you also like did a couple of you crossed a couple of men's uh, physical barriers as well. You yeah. climbed a mountain for I your first time. I climbed a mountain trip. for the first time. And <laughs> How that, was that? Well, that was a mad experience because there's also like on nine nine islands, and I, I kind of flew into the main island, San Miguel. Stayed on there for a couple of days, and then I flew on to Pico, which is like uh, let's say island number two, which the mountain was on. But when I got to that island, I took a ferry to another island, and that's when I had fear. <laughs> that's when the fear. No, but because you knew you were about I to climb it, I could see it, and I, and I could see. It. But looking back now, everything is like because I knew I was about to climb it. I was scared, but normally, if I didn't see it, I would have done it. You know, if I didn't see it, and I think there's something to be said about just you know, just looking in front of you and just taking each step at a time because we see these big challenges, big things in front of us and we're like, no, 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 I can't do it. Yeah. And we talk ourselves out of it. You know what I'm saying? So I almost talked myself out of it. Almost. I was texting all my mates like, nope, I'm not doing it. I was texting the guy like, nope, I'm not doing it. And then... So I what just, was your you, point two moment? My point two moment... Do you know what? I thought I can be honest. I was eating dinner by myself and I watched this guy on YouTube, yeah? And he had done it but I resonated with that guy so much. He was the only person that I said, nah, if that guy can do it, he looks like me, sounds like me, dresses like me, I can do this. So do you guys feel like solo travel is like a rite of passage? Because we touched on it earlier, the average age of a solo traveler is 47 years old. So I think a lot of young people kind of make it out to be this big milestone in their like travel kind of journey as a human. And do you feel like it, it is that kind of big mental milestone you've got to wait for until you kind of like feel ready in your gut? Or do you think it can just be the new way of traveling? We should just step right into it. It depends on what level you want to do. Like if you want to fly abroad, if you want to yeah. go to Japan or somewhere where they barely speak any English you, on your own, that's yeah. incredible, that's right? Be, yeah. But then you could just, uh, lately, especially with lockdowns and everything, I've just absolutely love England, this island, yeah. Great Britain, man. There's so much to do in, just in the UK and I just think, you can start with a walk and then that can expand to like, you know what, I'm tired of my area, let me go to the Lake District or Dartmoor or um, Cornwall or somewhere like that. And then it can, from there, it could expand to, you know, Ireland or into Europe or something like that. I was in Switzerland on the weekend and I did my first like um, meditation walk, which was really nice. And the whole concept was just to be completely silent and to have that kind of like solitude as you kind of walk through nature and like be alone of your thoughts, but also kind of listen to like the kind of natural silence all around you, which was like quite profound and beautiful. So I'm going to start doing that a little bit more. But you also camp on your own as well sometimes. Yeah, I do a bit of um, a wild camping, it's called, where that you go out. That sounds sick. Can you unpack that a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> Good pun. That sounds scary, to be honest. I'm not going to lie. Uh, basically, you, you go out. Technically, it's only legal in Dartmoor in the UK, but they allow it in the Lake District and Snowdonia as well, places like that. Um, and you basically you pack a rucksack with the tent supplies that you're going to need for the night and you, you hike and you find somewhere peaceful, secluded, where no roads can see you or anything like that. And you just set up your tent and sleep and then you, you walk the rest of the next day. So you can kind of plan like a walk to a nice... In the Lake District, there's these things they call tarns, which are like little lakes on the mountains. So you could walk up to one, camp by a lake, you know, go for a dip, wake, set up your tent, get up in the morning, go for another dip. Um, wow, that sounds so freeing. Yeah, that's nice. It's, it's really empowering, especially when you... I mean, it's a learning curve. It takes a few, set, a few goes, but... I feel like I need to get my bare grills on. <laughs> <laughs> when you realise what you want to take with you and that you need yeah. to pack it into this bag and you go, okay, well, I can't take that, I can't take that. And then when you actually get everything down, you're like, if I'm going to be 24 hours on my own in nature, what are the things I need? And I need to 
identify them and then carry them. Definitely, that's yeah, actually yeah, so Strip everything back to the things that you just need. I like that. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. you see it laid out, you're like, oh, okay, because you want to add triple that, <laughs> yeah. whatever it, it looks like. For me, that sounds amazing. But actually, as a woman, sometimes I feel like solo travel can be like quite a scary concept, mm. especially when we've had like some horrific news about women being murdered, like from just walking for five minutes on their own. Mm. And so it can be quite like scaring and daunting. But I thought maybe we could unpack maybe about how your identities have impact solo travel and your decisions that you've like kind of overcome as well yeah great question so you know at the top of the conversation when you said how did I land there I was looking on the green list Croatia was one of my places but I'd already been to Croatia and I had a racist experience there so I was like okay I'm not going there That's you know what I'm saying so I'm not going there on my own yeah so when I did eventually land on Azores I had to I just googled racism I just googled crime and racism that was the first two things because I thought, oh, I'm going to be on my own. I'm not sure. I need to be a bit safe. You know, safety is paramount. You know what I'm saying? This is the first time I've done it. So those were the kind of the first two things I Googled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was it. And, and we've then, done research with the tripping community, like almost like nine out of 10 of our ethnic minorities, like all like Google racism. Yeah, yeah. That was the first like thing. Which is like really I, fucked up when you yeah. actually like think about it. Yeah. And, and that guy that I'm talking about that I said, he made me, not made me. Wait, what did he look like? I saw him. It's only because I saw him that was like me. I said, okay, I can do this. Do you so, what, what did he look like? He was, uh, he was kind of like mixed race guy, had a, like a Supreme bag, all this. I was like, come on, bro. If that guy in the Supreme bag is doing it, I have to do it. Do you know what I'm saying? I was like, come on. You know what I'm saying? So, but it was good because it was representation in a way. Mm -hmm. I saw a bit of myself in him. Like these two guys, I watched them. They're like, oh yeah, you can get taxi tours, all this. I spent so much money on taxis because I listened to these guys, bro. But I should have seen the other guy first and he would have said, oh, make sure you rent a car, hire it before you get there, this and that. Do you get what I'm saying? So yeah, It just yeah, highlights yeah. also how like travel currently really the industry represents one type of traveler who's generally from like the global north and probably white. Yeah, and yeah, so it's it so important to have like other types of representation in the industry. And so Yeah, that's, that's why I, that's why I was on Insta because I wasn't really planning to be on my phone like that. But because of what that guy done for me in seeing myself in him I thought RP oh, you have to do the same then I feel so, like a lot of people look to you like that as well to yeah, break down his barriers same always. as swim them same as swim them I've, I've just been that guy in it and then people say oh P done it I can do it do you get what I'm saying I think that's so yeah, important yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so like does solo travel demand a level of intentionality so like this is almost kind of like do you need to be like, okay, today or this trip, I'm going to really find myself or I'm going to like really plan everything out? Do you have to be really switched on or can you just kind of go over the flow and be quite fluid and let everything come to you? What about in your last trip? What, what, how much? You did quite a lot of planning. Yeah, I did some planning. I did, I did do a lot of planning. But when I climbed that mountain, I thought I was going to have an epiphany. I thought, oh my God, I'm going to have some mad epiphany when I get to the top of this mountain. I got to the top and I was like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? I was like, right, like nothing happened. But it's only when I got back and then I was speaking to like, like you know, my therapist about it and everything like that. And I was like, oh, that's what it was. It was like when I could see the mountain on the other island, that's when I was got scared. But normally how I treat myself in life and everything, I just throw myself into things. I don't really let time like get played by fear. But if I can see the big thing, maybe I might get scared. And that's exactly what happened with a man. But you know what I'm saying? So yeah, no, I think like that, that was way. what I learned quickly, pretty, pretty, pretty quickly is like, you know, just my thing is learn by doing. Just chuck yourself in it and mm -hmm. let experience lead the way. What was I the view that. like from the top? Amazing. The view was amazing because you could see... How high were you? 2,543 metres above sea level. <laughs> Yeah, for context, yeah, Ben Nevis is like 1,003 something, yeah? <laughs> double, double, just so my first double, one, yeah. I did it, yeah, like that. Um, <laughs> no, but 
it, it was fun from what well, fun it, i mean the, the the view from the top was amazing you could see uh like three islands there was a man on the phone to his girl i was like what are you doing bro like you know like we're on the top of a mountain come on bro like take it in you know like take it in like, he was trying to look for signal i don't know what he was doing i don't know how he had signal i don't know why he was talking to his girl but i'm like bro you're ruining everything. You're ruining it, bro. You're ruining it. Yeah, it's important. To be, we were actually talking about that when you're documenting stuff. You like to take the time to be present and take it all in and then yeah, take some photos. Yeah, you have to take it in. Do your little bit of documentation, but you don't have to be on Instagram and all that. You just upload it later when you're waiting for a plane or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think exactly. Like taking stock of um, your own like addictions. Not that they're all bad necessarily, but just taking stock that like, okay, I'm not going to go out every night and get chocolate cake every night. I'm not going to be on Instagram all the time. Or, you know, have those moments when you do do that stuff, but just take, check yourself with it, yeah. I can imagine it's also a chance to break out of routine. I like the, I like the opportunity of just going with the flow and just kind of welcoming these random people that you then connect with. Yeah, I met a lot of random people. And again, I think that's another thing about solo travel. You know, like you said, you, you met the guy who had the bouldering in his profile picture. I think when you're traveling on your own, you create that space for you to meet with somebody, to converse with somebody, talk to somebody. Yeah, 100% uh, agree yeah, with that. Yeah. So what about you, Tim? Like, going back to, like, solo travel and, your, like, your trips, do you ever set, like, a level of intentionality or do you just kind of leave it open? I think, like I mentioned, with, like, not to be on your phone all the time, things like that, kind of obvious stuff, but just to check that you're not just... Because you do... T the thing is, you, you often you can think going away... You, you, like, people want to move house or something, move to another country, and all the problems will be solved. And it just don't work like that. You still carry yourself with you. You carry everything. Like you, you get a temporary few days of like the honeymoon period, but then eventually yourself is still there. So, like you say, it's a chance for you to have a bit of a fresher start and just to keep stock of some things and keep check. And sometimes you need that environment shift to actually see yourself. And, and yeah, so that you can see, man, I'm in this taxi and I'm trying to check Instagram all the time rather than look out the window or whatever. And like, it's like facts. I feel like also like when you're with your phone. They're designed to like always consistently have your attention. And so are you even alone traveling and solo traveling if you're just always on your phone? I feel like that's a weird question to ask. But that's a good one because that's interesting because like I said, I had that thought. I was like, do I be with my phone? Do I not take my phone? But like I said, because it was my first one alone like that, I, I really had to take my phone. Like I, I, when I got to the hotel, I WhatsApp my mum location. I told her my hotel room number, everything. Do you know what I mean? But I've done trips before where I was like, okay, I need to reset. So I just switched off my phone, went to the New Forest, got a cabin on my own, and that was me. Do you know what I mean? Still, still dope, though, it's man. Still, yeah, and, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. and it's like taking a day, like, I'm going to leave my phone in the hotel today. Or yeah, I love like that. that. Or and leave it can... like, in your room and you leave go on a walk I left or it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just left it. But I also had to tell my mum, this is the home telephone number to the cottage I was in. <laughs> and I, I don't know what it was, but I was just, yeah, I just took my bike and that was it. I was just walking around the New Forest on my own, yeah. So what is the best way to prepare for solo travel? If you had like three tips to get everyone here, what would you recommend? Like you said, watching YouTube and stuff is so useful these days. It's so good. And you can get a feel for stuff before you're there. Um, I mean, you can Google and go, it ends up with like the Yelp stuff and that, but it's, it's, it's never really, you know, it's all funded and stuff these days. You can't, Do you have like you people really... you follow on YouTube or is it just kind of like you type it into the search bar? It depends if you're in a community or not, like, but I think you can just type in the search. That's what you did, right? Yeah, yeah, I just typed in. I, I, I just typed in. Do you know what's so funny? Yeah? Before I went, I didn't know it was Nine Islands. So, okay, like, uh, well, three days before I went, something like that, yeah. So I just thought, oh, I'm just going to this place, like one place. But it's only when I started looking on YouTube, reading more things, I was like, 
oh my days, there's nine islands and each island has got its own kind of characteristics and is known for certain things. Mm. One island's known for pineapple, one's known for grapes and wine. Do you know do you yeah. get what I'm saying? So yeah, YouTube, YouTube. That's my island. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about you? So uh, well, I'd say like, I've actually brought a walking book just because... Oh, sick, okay. For those listening, Tim is opening his bag and getting out a walking <laughs> book. This is this is because I love the UK and it's just so accessible and there's walks. England has made walking really good, or the UK has made rambling good, and it's got 28 walks, outstanding circular walks in the Brecon Beacons, and I highlight them when I've done them and I put the date, and I've done like about half of them, and there's I think there's literally 75 different books for the UK. Wow. So as you can see, oh, any area you are, there's a walking book. This is by Ordnance Survey as well, Pathfinder Guides. And I don't work for them or anything. But I just, <laughs> it's just such a good, for, for the UK, like you could start like in two weeks or next weekend or something like that. Get a book from an area, go there and do one of the walks. And they range from like uh, three miles to 10 miles. Um, but I just think that, that's, my, that's where my heart's resource. at the moment. It's like, yeah, something like that. And so you can go... Anywhere in the world, you'll be able to get walking books generally. But I, f- I do find in Europe, it's a little less common unless you're on a walking holiday, whereas the UK, it's so organised. Right? I also like having a physical book sometimes yeah, to take same. with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's got a Kindle a as well. A Kindle, because yeah, yeah. then you can go on the fly, and if you just get inspired, you can buy one on Wi-Fi. And then always like a, a spiritual book. Um, but I remember reading Celestine Prophecy on one of my first trips, which is a really good book. Then, you know, like, The Alchemist is quite a popular one as well. Mm. A book like that, that's got, like, some sort of spiritual context, but, like, a parable-type parable story that's fiction, but got some truth to it. Man, they, they mark out, like, chapters of your life, like, for pe- like if you're reading it, you can spread it over six months, you don't need to rush through it or whatever, it's like... But they mark out chapters, and when you're travelling and you've got a good book, man, it's just, there's this circle it kind of completes, I find. I fully, I fully understand that. It's almost like the journey within a journey. You can find yourself within that book. <laughs> the inner and the outer, yeah. Can I mention another one on that note? Uh, one I used loads in the past, I was really into running, was Strava. Like, Hawaii is a good one, because you'd see, like, I don't know if anyone's been, there's, um, I think it's on the Honolulu, that side, Waikiki. By there, there's, like, Diamond Head and Cocoa Head, which are, like, two popular hikes. But I, I learned them through Strava. Like, other people find them through other means, but I just thought, oh, that's common on Strava. It's got a lot of climb. I'll do that, I'll do that, and sort of, And there's just a few places like that where you like you find the common popular walking routes, which is just a nice way to see a place. Apps can be quite a good pl- um, tool to actually connect and immerse yourself to like the locals in a destination. I mean, I've got a couple of friends that use Bumble and stuff to like kind of see like-minded people in the area and connect up with them. Have you guys ever used any? Have you used any apps? Not for that. <laughs> no, no, no. But like... I don't know if you use Bumble for that. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, no, but. Um... No, uh, you can use it. No, you, no I know, I know what you mean. No, like I do know what you mean. Settings. No, but in England, I'm in England. Uh, I used an app called is it Meetup or something like that? Yeah, I think there was it's called Meetup. Meetup, yeah. yeah. That was quite good. Actually. That was a good app. Period, that was a good app. Yeah, yeah we, like we went like wild swimming. Oh, really? We like we were like camped, had some food, and it was like a fiver or something like that. You know, we just met at some train station, went out. I was like, oh, that's kind of sick. Yeah, Meetup. Yeah, that's what it was called. So that's the only app I've used, but that was year, uh, we're talking like seven years ago or something, um, that I used in that way. That's but, interesting. But tripping now, I'll probably use that. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah on the website. Um, got to plug that. On that, yeah. Happy Cow was the one of the big Yeah, I was going to say, that like when a, we spoke about it earlier. Yeah, uh, that's like a vegan, vegetarian restaurant finder. That was just always a nice way to see like a, a nice creative little place with some nice food. 
I love that. And lastly, the final question, and we can't, we might have already touched on it, is is there a best way to like navigate a new location? Like how can we, what are the ways in which you kind of really immerse yourself in the place you're going? I think Tim said like, you know, if you've got your running shoes and you run around, that's a good way of, of, of finding it. And yeah, just kind of going in those little alleys and all that and talking to the locals, you know, uh, you know what I mean? I think yeah, they're probably well. the best guides. Do you know what I'm Definitely. saying? They can say, oh, mate, have you checked out this place, this, this and this? Because nine times out of ten, they're going to tell you places off the beaten track. Mm. Because when you're searching, you're probably going to go to the bait tourist places, etc., etc. Okay, I was in um, mid Wales, just checking out a new area. Found a nice beach from my walking book uh, and was just playing on the beach and sort of chatting to some locals there, like a local couple. They were really nice. They recommended a beach that was like, no one could park by it, but you could walk. And without them mentioning it, I wouldn't have had a clue. And I went there, the next, me and my girlfriend went there the next day on a walk and went to the beach and it was one of the best beaches I've ever seen in the whole of the UK. No one oh, on wow. it, little uh, skinny dipping, you know, swimming about. <laughs> but I would never have known it without speaking to the locals. So you've got the two ends of the spectrum there where you've got apps and stuff like that can do so much, but there's nothing like a, a local as well. And also you kind of open yourself up to having those kind of spontaneous like, experiences. You've got, to, you've got to, exactly, that's what we said earlier in the conversation when you're on your own. You kind of create that space to have them conversations. Divinely yeah. guided. Yeah. Yeah, that's the first thing I do, actually, is I get a taxi from the airport to wherever I'm going. I just chat to the taxi driver for ages, <laughs> quiz him up on everything. Download. <laughs> thank you, Tim, and thank you, P, so much. Thank you for having thank me. Thank you. Sick. Thank you, everyone. We hope you enjoyed that conversation. Go ahead and subscribe if you did. You can connect with us on Instagram at trippin.world and make sure you check out our website www.trippin.world for more deep dives into culture, creativity and communities from around the globe. My name is Yasmin. Until next time, stay trippin'.